Good morning, Faith Church. Great to see everybody. Love the conversations. Love the question. One thing about me growing up, my mom decided to uh, dress me up one year for Halloween as a skunk. You know what happens when you're a skunk? You repel people. (laughs) No matter what. No, it's fun. I just remember I had a skunk tail. It's just unique. Uh, But anyways, this morning, I'm Nate, one of the pastors on staff here. Love to be with you. Um, I want to clear the air. Uh, First service, I got that because I said skunk, okay? Sorry. I'll I'll give you a minute. But realistically, I want to clear the air. I want to say the elephant in the room, okay? There's an elephant in the room, and that is I am not a mountain climber. Yeah, no matter what, how I look, I just want to be up front. I'm just trying to be fun, trying to open up here. I'm not a mountain climber, and I have a reason why I ask, or say that, and I state that. I'm not saying anything about football. I know better, okay? It's too early, too soon. But I'm not a mountain climber, okay? And here's, I have a picture that I want to start off with from South Dakota, Badlands National Park. Anyone familiar with Badlands? Okay. Well, there's something unique about Badlands. I don't know if you consider this mountains, but it's a larger mountainous region, And I was there once for a Native American reservation missions trip. I was a kid. I went with my parents. And it was an incredible opportunity for me as a kid to see for the first time what true, not being rude, but true poverty looked like in opposition. It was a unique trip in itself Uh, to go to this reservation, to see the people, to be with the people, and to see what they were battling, going through was tremendous. It was a a life-changing event for me. In a couple ways. There was a, there was a time we took a break from what we were doing and we went traveled, looked at some sites. We stopped at a souvenir place. Behind the souvenir place was a mountain range. There was trails all the way through it. As a kid, I decided with a friend and all the other kids that were with us, we decided to go venture on the trails and just go wherever. Next thing we know, we are 200 feet in the air on a ledge about this step, okay? And the unique thing about Badlands is it's, it's more like a dirt ball. Have you ever seen a dirt ball when you pick up dirt and it looks like a rock and you crush it and it crumbles? That's the kind of the, what the feel was of that mountain range, if you will, in Badlands. And when you're climbing and you're 200 feet and there's a ledge and it's dirt, when you take a step, you slide. So in a minute, we were having fun and all of a sudden it turned to panic, terror. Me and Jonathan were up on this mountain, on this ledge. We couldn't do a thing. We were stuck. 200 feet in the air. It may not be that high to you, but for me, I hate heights. I am not a good person with heights. There was one time I decided to re-roof our uh, house, and I got up there, did everything, and then realized I'm scared of heights still. Okay, it didn't change me at all. I am frightened of heights, okay? So I'm up on this mountain as a kid, panicked, paranoid, stuck, had no... I had no idea of what a solution would be in that moment. I was just panic. My dad comes out of the souvenir shop, cowboy boots and all, ran up the side of the mountain and grabbed me. That was really awesome. It was a heroic moment for my dad. But here's the thing I want to say. I feel like today, what we are hearing more than anything else is messages of fear. It's putting us on the side of a hill where we're stuck. And we are desperate for courageous people. My dad, I saw it affected my theology even then. It's still to this day. My dad did an amazing thing, and I didn't, I didn't know he could. He just did it. He didn't even think about it. Cowboy boots, climbing up the side of the hill, grabbing me and bringing me down. 
And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you what, look, what courage looks like in community. That's the title for today. If there was a title that I wanted to bring it up, it'd be Courage and Community. But there's an outline that I want to take us through as we are on this together. So the outline here, Acts 4, uh, chapter, uh, sorry, Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 21 is our passage today. Courage is what we're talking about. Salvation, so what? Can I get a witness? I'm saying that because I'm going to need your participation at that point. I'm going to be asking for your participation. I'm going to have a question for you, so be thinking about that. And then our end goal is communion. How's that sound? Great. One person. All right. Are we listening? (laughs) All right. Thank you. There's clapping. I appreciate it. All right. So we're going to step into Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Now, we have been on this uh, process moving through the book of Acts. There are different topics in the book. Now we think like there's more of a movement towards community. And this passage has everything to do with courage. Good thing I'm not a mountain climber. But we know people that have courage, and it's not me. So here we go. Let's start us off. Passage, Acts chapter 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John. Peter and John are the main characters of the story today. This story, just so you know, as I'm going to say up front, it is self-explanatory. There's things in this story you're going to understand and comprehend, and we're going to go through it together. So the, the setting, though, is the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Key phrase, resurrection of the dead. That's what they were proclaiming, resurrection of the dead. Dead being resurrected to life. That's the proclamation. They seized Peter and John. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Jail is not like today. Jail would be absolute suffering to the morning. They had to spend the night there. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. If you notice that, that's anybody who has anything to say, any influence, the top, the best of the best, all gathered the next day uh, in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They're all related. They all have the highest influence in this community, and they're making decisions on what's next for Peter and John. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power, get that, by what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, as we have already started talking about, Holy Spirit activate, catchy song, catchy phrase. But then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. Before I read this part, I just want to state, this is why they're being questioned. There was a lame man, he was healed, and everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. And so that's why they're being questioned. And all they're saying, this act of, of kindness shown to a man who is lame is, are being asked how he was healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, 
but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is, and this is a quote from a psalm, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, he was present, there was nothing they could say. There's proof. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. So they still continued to talk. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened for the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Pretty interesting passage, but I think it's pretty straightforward. There was a miracle. People were talking about it. And to be clear, the man was there that was healed and he was over 40. ARP. No, I don't know. I don't know what the level of ARP. But we have age. When you're 40 and you get healed, it's a different story. <laughs> so that's biblical. Just kidding. No, it's a fun little ad. But here we were. This adult man got healed. They're talking about it. They're asking for the reason for the power. And they say it's the name of Jesus. By the way, the person you crucified. That's why we're able to do this. There's several things in this passage. There's depth in this passage. And I want to encourage you right now to, if you feel there's more details in here that you want to explore, do it. There's so much depth in the details of Scripture. And even in the details, it can't help but to point to Jesus. Do your due diligence, research. But I want to focus on two passages from this Scripture. And I'm going to camp out there, and we're going to work on them together. One dealing with courage, the other dealing with salvation. So when I think of courage, when I'm processing this word courage, I think of that mountain story and how I'm not a mountain climber, thank God. But I can't help but to think of Joshua. So let's look at Joshua. Oh, whoops. I want to do this first passage out of Acts 4, chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage, yeah, I'm, going, I'm just moving a little ahead, that's all. Uh, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's, so when we look at Scripture, our tendency is to say, okay, I want to process that in the logical lens. I want to process that more detail. I want to process that more with how I operate. But have you ever just sat with that type of a passage? It was Peter and John's courage 
where the Sanhedrin, the best of the best, the most educated people, the people that had all the influence, were looking at these men astonished. These are groundbreaking areas of, the, of Scripture. And so courage, when I think of it, like I said already, courage comes out of Joshua. When we look at Joshua, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, this is Joshua taking on the reins of the Israelite nation, millions of people where Moses just died, and here's the words that are spoken to him as he takes that reign of leadership. It's, it was told to him, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Courage is a thread all the way through the Bible. And I like, instead of doing a word study specifically on courage and taking out all the Greek and the Hebrew, I just like to add verses. Joshua is where I go when I think of courage. Joshua had to take on the reins of leadership. He didn't ask for it. He, he was dealt it. And in that process, the most probably frightening and scary time of his life, he hears this message from God to say, be courageous. Be courageous. Just a quick question. Is that the biggest message that you're hearing today? Is the message of our culture, social media, what's happening right now today, do you feel courageous or do you feel fearful? I think we'd all agree, it's fear. It's actually pretty unique to actually feel the sense of courage as if we did in the Bible, in these verses from Joshua. I also think of another passage in John where Jesus was talking to his disciples and he shares these words with them. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Another word for that is shalom. In this world, you will have trouble. Anyone agree with that? Can I get an amen? Thank you. There's a lot of trouble. But take heart. Take heart it can also be used. Take courage. Take heart. Take courage. I have overcome the world. He takes it off our plate. Courage is taken off of our plate. I have a couple of statements. Courage is having strength and confidence in Jesus Christ because Jesus has defeated death. Okay, that's courage. That's a biblical definition. Courage is having strength and confidence in Jesus Christ because Jesus has defeated death. Here's what our culture is saying. Courage in community is not having confidence in your opinion of being right. I'm saying that the opposite. It's not, okay? But that's what we're saying today. We have to have the utmost confidence in our opinion. We have to be right. We can't be wrong. We have to be right that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure, because guess what? You're going to be wrong. It doesn't work that way. You're going to be wrong unless you're God. Courage is not having confidence in your opinion. Courage is having confidence in the one who has conquered death. Courage in community. Courage in community is having confidence in Jesus' power to defeat death. That's what true courage is. It's a supernatural exchange that God's give, God gives us as a gift, as an anchor point. 
that no matter what we're going through, whatever we're facing, whatever politics is saying, whatever opinions are out there, whatever social media posts, or if you are completely uh, against all of that and you're in a corner all by yourself in the basement, courage is a gift. It can only come from Jesus. And the minute it started to uh, empower us was the minute Jesus conquered death. That's the anchor point. There's a lot to this. There's a lot to courage. But the problem is, it's, it's a lot more simple than we give it credit. We put so much stock in ourselves and getting things right instead of realizing God got it right. And courage can only be picked up once we understand that. I have one more point before I camp out here a little bit longer. And that is this other aspect in the same passage, and that is connected with salvation. So if you read that passage, salvation from Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Can I say this? This should be our anchor. This should be our foundation. Everything, all the storms coming your way, this should be the anchor point. I'm telling you, and I'm saying it might sound simple, but why in the world have we used that as a weapon? We really have. We use it as a weapon. We go to other religions and say, you have to do this. Instead of just allowing courage to speak for ourselves. Allowing our courage and our strength to say, you know what? This life has trouble. But you know what? It's Jesus. He defeated death. He took breath in this world and died and rose again. There's no one else in history. There's no other religion that has that. I'm not saying that in an offensive way at all. I'm saying that in a real way. Jesus is our anchor. He's everything. That's where courage comes out of. And I'm tired of us using it as a weapon. Because we know it's a weapon when it comes around fear. When we say these phrases like, you have to do that. You have to. If not, it's all going to fall apart. Guess what? Jesus defeated death. Oh, oh, wait a second. No, but if you vote this way, you are not a Christian. Jesus defeated death. Oh, wait a second. I'm, I am... I can't see my way out of a financial situation whatsoever. I, I just want to listen to... No, no, here's the thing. Jesus defeated death. This is really hard for all of us. I'm with you in this. I'm talking with you. There's a lot of things I wanted to go today in this sermon. But this sermon for me is more about the strength we have. And so, I'm trying to click. No? Communion. Are you, oops, I'm so sorry. Okay, hold on. Technical difficulties. I, I think I clicked too much. I'm so sorry. There we go. Okay, let's move back a little bit. There we go. There we go. I'm fighting against the person right now on accident. I'm so sorry. So let's go to so what. Here's the point, and this is uh, probably more, uh, can I just admit, there's anxiety in me for this moment. Because here's the thing. (laughs) Community is a place where we're open, where we're vulnerable. As a pastor at Faith Church, I want to be honest with you. 
Um, I've been diagnosed with PTSD and depression. I'm involved in therapy right now. I didn't want to share that. But I need to. Because of the, there's a couple of reasons. I, I don't want to even... I feel like there's a trend right now that if you go to therapy, use it as a badge. I'm not doing that. I don't ever want to do that. But I want to be honest. I battle fear. Daily. I constantly am struggling with anxiety and fear. I'm being honest and I'm being open. I finally am to a point where I want to deal with it with a therapist. And so I'm doing it. Some of you may know this, not all of you maybe, but I was a chaplain in a hospital for a couple years and I worked with a lot of end of life care. Um, I had to bring families back when their kid was killed in gang violence. I had to bring um, families back when they were stabbed or shot. I had to sit in uh, behavior health and lead grief groups and see people at their wits end. See, I met with this one lady who was in her 40s, who, um, a Christian, family, three kids, and she was in a, in a dark, dark place. The last on call dealt with a infant death. Um, I've sat with probably about 60 people as they have passed on. There's a lot happening in my world, and for whatever reason, after I left that, entered back into ministry, COVID hit. COVID was a trigger for me. Something created in that moment that brought out so much fear in my life. To the point on a daily basis, I wrestle. And I wrestle all the time with fear. All the anxiety. My therapist even knew how much anxiety that I had because we sat for three different, four different sessions just to get to know each other. He wanted me to feel comfortable. I'm saying this not to scare you. I'm saying this just to be real and also to say, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the anxiety, in the midst of panic attacks, in the midst of just being nervous over stupid things, in the midst of always trying to move so I don't have to feel dark feelings, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of me not figuring out what to do or being so perfectionistic oriented to not do anything, I still feel I do. Nothing has changed for me. I still believe in the anchor that Jesus died and defeated death. I still feel it in everything in me. It's changed me from the inside out. I can't help but to go back when I'm in my darkest moments in life, when the fear is gripping me and I have no one else that I can actually talk or even share or even open up to. There is a foundation that is so strong, that's unmovable, it's unshakable. It is a strength of courage that's beyond me. 
It doesn't come from my education. It doesn't come from my lack of education. It doesn't come from my opinion. It doesn't come from my greatness. It comes from my vulnerability to be open to who Jesus is and to say, you know what? I want to be different. I want to be a child of God. I want to be in your presence. I want to know peace. I am so sick of fear. And here's the message I want to say this morning in the midst of all of this. Jesus will never leave you. The reason what my dad did was so dramatic for me, and I try to play it off as fun. The reason it was so dramatic, because it gave me the sense that in our worst moments, God rescues us. It's not just courage. We feel the courage. We feel the strength. You know why? Because God is rescuing us. All of us. He's rescuing us. He's freeing us. And it could be a process. It could take a therapist. It could take a dark moment. It could take anything in your life. But here's the thing I want to say. Jesus is rescuing you. That's never going to change. And it won't ever stop. It'll go beyond you and me. And I feel like in this world today, all we are hearing is fear. Everywhere we look, all the problems are so bad. We've never been in this place again. Jesus still defeated death. So I want to turn this. Before we go to communion, I want to go to the the so what moment. And I just want to ask this question. And I'm going to ask for your participation. We're going to have somebody with a mic. But can I get a witness to this? That's what I want. I want community. I want, I want a witness. I want somebody to, uh, here's the thing I don't want. I don't want someone just to grab the microphone who wants to talk, okay? Please, don't do that. I want you to answer the question. Answer the question. How has God given you courage in the midst of your fear? I'm asking you because I need to hear it. We need to hear this. We need to change the tone in which we're living in. It's not fear-based. Jesus defeated death. So, who wants to start us off? How has God given you courage in the midst of fear? facing seven and a half years in prison uh, for something I didn't do. Thought my life was over. Placed my faith in the Lord. Kept running with it. And now I really live. Had that dismissed. My life really living today. I just keep placing my faith in the Lord and doing that next right thing. So Praise God. I would have prayed that would have just crushed anybody. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing. Praise God. Amen. Um, God helped me through my cancer. I was feared that uh, it was the end, and I'm still going through it. I just had a PET scan, and we'll know this week what they found again. I hope it's nothing. So that was my, this is my, my fear yeah. this week. So I thank the good Lord.
This is called Courage, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> so I left um, Faith Church about eight years ago. We moved to Utah, and we came back about a year ago, and I've been trying to convince myself every weekend to come back to church, and um, my grandkids moved in with me, and the youngest said, Nana, come on, I really want to go back to church, and she was my courage this morning, so that's why I'm here. Praise God. Thanks for coming. Can I get a witness? Several. Great. Um, through a lot of things that I've been going through lately and, you know, trying to carry all um, the things and trying to figure out life, God said I don't have to do it. my burdens on him and so my courage is you know when you're faced with tough times and you're going through things in your life and then you come to church and you have your sisters and brothers in Christ praying for you and rooting for you it's all the courage I need God is saying you're not in this by yourself you're not in this alone this is my family every single last one of you that's so into me every single Sunday especially the pastors so I just want to tell you thank you thank you for sharing praise God yep. I find courage in the reality of who we are the fact that we're sons and daughters of the most high king in the world it's fascinating to me when I just lay something down or out of the million tools that I have I say Lord show me where this is I go in one direction and lays there and lays there. The fact that God loves to reveal himself to us like that every day just increases our faith so greatly that that gives me courage and strength to keep on. Amen. Hello, I'm, my name is Bill Sigurds. I was sick with COVID disease, but I feared death with uh having Jesus and God help me go through it. I went, the thing is, I went through some therapy for I don't know how many, how long it was and met a large nursing home, but before that, I was in Sparrow in Iowa County up to only two weeks and then I've been transported to met a large nursing home and I have to get over this COVID disease for up to more than eight weeks or so. And I didn't, I didn't, I was trying to get over it, but the therapy, it didn't really help me because I'm trying to get over the, the sickness. I feel better, but I still kind of feel sick because of my walking, walking speed through COVID. And it slowed me down quite a bit. And I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like COVID disease whatsoever. That's all I got to say. Thanks, Bill, for sharing. I just got to share before the next person. Bill, you give me courage, the fact that you're here. Every week, when, you're, when I see Bill, I feel warm because you're here. I really do. You give me courage. Thanks, Bill. 
Uh, my name is Joe. You guys might know me because I typically stand up there. Um, October 2nd was the anniversary of the worst year of my life. October 2nd, 2021, I had to uh, pack up my bags, leave my wife, my daughter, and our two dogs in our home because I, I found out that our marriage was ending. been so many good things this year. Um, I was worship leader at my previous church and just had to completely step away. You know, I, Sunday morning I called the pastor, I'm sick, I can't make it. Never went back. Um, about six weeks later, I've, I've known uh, Pastor Courtney for quite some time, and uh, she had told me, she goes, hey, we need a guitar player at church. I said, man, I don't know. I'm like, not right now, not me. And uh, I said, yeah, come on. Talk to Ashley, we'll figure it out. Okay. And uh, sight, unseen, sight unseen, you know, I hadn't talked to anybody here. They put me on stage. I think it was Ashley, myself, and one other person Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and we got done with run-throughs, and Ashley said, man, I'm glad you can sing. Because Courtney said you could, but never actually heard you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I'm like, well... Haven't kicked me off the team yet, so it must be working out. Um, but in that moment, it's like, man, these people, sight unseen, had faith in me when I felt like nothing. And it made me think, why can I? Why can't I have that faith in our Father? And uh, it's a long story. I try and keep it short. Um, you know, I fought like crazy try and save our marriage. And I remember one day after work in January, just sitting in my car after work, just screaming in so much pain, said, God, help me. You know, help me fix this. I need to fix this. And uh, it was the first time in my life where I actually like heard God speak. I always thought that was kind of, you know, that's a religious thing that's for somebody else, it's other people. And uh, I'm just screaming in my car, help me fix this. And it was a resounding no. And so I screamed it louder, help me fix this. No, this is not for you. And I wrestled with that for a few weeks. And uh, I finally went to her and I said, it isn't fixed, you know, and uh, the weight was just gone uh, instantly, and uh, through that year, through the past 10 months, the relationship with my family, with my daughter, uh, has just exponentially grown, um, and the relationship with my ex is now good, you know, we, we stepped out of a very toxic situation, and, uh, you know, through all the bad,
when anyone shares this type of stuff, this is real life. I have found trouble, or this life brings trouble, but I've overcome the world, okay? When that starts opening up, I'm going to ask for a boundary. Do not give these people your opinion afterwards. Do not. This sharing is not about opinions. All they want to know is you're with them. That's the message of who Jesus is. He's with you. He's rescuing you. We need to hear these messages of courage. Thank you, Joe, for sharing. Whoever's next, I just want to be careful. Do not give opinions afterwards. Give encouragement. Who's next? Are we good? I can't see it. The lights are in. We good? Okay. I want to close then with communion. Communion is something that we do as a sacrament. It's the intersection of where all our humanity Everything that we're going through, whether it be depression, PTSD, whether it be financial burdens, whether it be anything that's going on, grief, whatever the case may be, this is the place where we bring everything to Jesus. This is the place where Jesus meets us. It's a promise. The requirement of communion is not to line up your belief system. The, commun- the, pro- the process of communion is to be open-handed. That's the requirement. So I've realized so many times we get stuck in life because we're hanging on to so much. We want what's best. We want to be the best version of ourselves. But this is Jesus. Jesus' way is he's not going to fall for that. He's going to want an open hand. Surrender. In order to really ask for forgiveness, we have to understand we're not God. We can't do this on our own. Communion is the place where we remember. We remember what Jesus has done for us. And so we have two stations. I'm going to ask you to get up and walk when it's the right time. Uh, When we are in worship, if you have any problem with that, talk to Kirk. (laughs) I can do that. (laughs) He always blames Evan. I'm going to blame Kirk, okay? Uh, So when it's the right time, when you just sit, examine whatever you need, you and the Father, please come and partake of the elements. Jesus died on the cross for you. He's continuing to rescue you. He's with you every step of the way. He's not just with you, he's giving you courage to face what you need to face. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the people that were willing to courageously share. But Father, I thank you and praise you for what you've done You have defeated death. It's all about you. It always has been and it always will be. And even though it's about you, you always choose to work through your creation. I don't know why, but you do. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that grace. Father, right now, I pray, as we partake in your elements, may you build us that courage. May you sustain us in your peace. May we remember your sacrifice so that we will have more freedom in our life. And I pray this all in Jesus' name.